I'm Shivani Gupta and welcome to the Ask Shivani Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can give yourself is time to be able to sit down and ask yourself some questions. I believe that the quality of the questions that you ask yourself will determine the quality of your life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ask Shivani podcast. Today, I have a guest and I've had the opportunity to listen to his podcast and be quite inspired. And um, I've also sent a number of episodes to colleagues and clients and friends of mine. And his name is Mark Bunn. He helps people simplify the shift to health and happiness and high performance. And he has got this amazing blend of Eastern wisdom and Western science and being somebody who's Indian and born in India and then grew up in Australia, um, his work absolutely speaks to me. He's also a former AFL footballer. He wrote the best-selling author of Ancient Wisdom for Modern Health and Modern Health, which I have a copy of in my bookshelves. He understands the challenging facing business people today, the stress, the stress, uh, sleep difficulties, fatigue. Um, he'll talk about the fact that he's Melbourne-based, so he's had to live through a lot of that himself. Um, and he also looks at the secrets of the world's longest living people and the highest performing people. Um, whatever he does, always down-to-earth solutions. And the idea that Mark has and the philosophy has is that don't take more time out of people's days, actually save them time in terms of implementing what he does. Um, we are going to talk to him about relationships and emotional health. He is really there, one of these people that would design, change the way that you think about wellness. He certainly helped me despite having grown up um, in the Indian culture that I spoke about. Welcome, Mark. Devani, great to be with you. Oh, it's great to be with you too. Um, your background has always fascinated me. Somebody that's gone from, um, you know, an AFL footballer and, you know, talking about Ayurveda, which is like one of, you know, the ancient wisdoms that we have in this world. Tell us a little bit, Mark, about your journey. Tell us what's got you and some of your highs and lows in terms of what's got you to where you have today. Yeah, well, it started probably around um, 16. I was always very focused on playing AFL. I wasn't particularly gifted, but I, that's all I wanted to do. Even girls were off the scene for me. It was all about football. And uh, at 16, my mother, who was very much into the whole mind-body medicine at the time, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, and she gave me all these books and it opened my mind to just, there's more than just physically beating the body and you know trying to perform from a physical perspective. And then uh, in my first year of AFL, I was 19, um, I'd learned something called Transcendental Meditation. And the, the teacher gave me then a book on sports and fitness and peak performance but from an ayurvedic perspective and the whole that literal you know the lights just went on in my brain i was studying western health science all about nutrition and calories and all the boring stuff and then this entry into ayurvedic this traditional you know india's traditional system of healthcare, but very universal eastern medicine and it basically just showed me that you know food was much more than calories and counting fats it was about nourishing the soul you know and exercise wasn't just about getting a six-pack or tightening up your backside it was about you know getting into meditational states and developing higher states of consciousness which was the whole purpose of meditation from their perspective you know it wasn't just about reducing some stress or being more mindful it was about there's doorways to the divine they would call it you know that we as humans are connected to this divine inspiration and traditional meditation was a way to access these higher states of consciousness so 
in in the space of a week or so, my whole worldview of what health was and what our purpose in life was was very much opened up by this what we could call this Vedic paradigm, which I've sort of has been the foundation for everything I've done since, and it's been uh, it's been beautiful. Wow, and you know, life always has these ups and downs, um, and I always say, you know, on this particular podcast, Mark, that sometimes I'm, you know, a deeper challenges are the ones that really transform us into who we are. Tell, tell us a little bit about some of the not so great things that have helped you get to where you have as well. Yeah, and no, I totally concur with that, with that idea. The first one was probably the fact that I wasn't a brilliant AFL footballer. Like, you know, I played 50-odd games, six seasons. It was a great experience to play with two different clubs, and but it was very difficult to go off you know they call it going off the edge of the cliff you know one week you're a part celebrity and you get all your entry into nightclubs and all your clothes bought and you're making money in the next you know the next year you're a you're a no one in a sense and that was really really hard you know what's my what's my purpose in life now and I had to you know create and most footballers go through or anyone who's had that sort of experience goes through that year or two of just finding yourself again and what's your Meaning and the and the other big one was really having the theory of this Ayurvedic mindset or this Vedic wisdom and how to live life and the longest living people in the world. And but in a Western culture, that's very difficult. You know, we have our own stresses and our whole society doesn't often support those ways of living. And I was married um, within a few months of being married. My wife, who'd been in a very toxic environment, I would call it, for many years. Um, you know, a female, very caring, sort of heart-based person had sort of the literal sweep things under the carpet. And then um, I did the same. And, you know, she ended up getting breast cancer and that whole journey of, um, you know, into the bones and, you know, a seven-year journey of, you know, we might have the theory of how to live a healthy, happy life, but sometimes the universe gives you these lessons of, you know, this is a real challenge of how to do it. And she ended up passing away after about seven years. And that, that whole experience just really grounded me, I guess. And just that, you know, we can have the best theories in the world and everyone out there is doing the best they can, but you know, our life in particularly in Western world, you know, busy and stresses, it's, it's not always uh, easy to live it. So I'm trying to get that balance where we, we make things practical and that real empathy and sympathy for what many people are going through today. Yeah, I can't imagine that, Mark. Um, you know, losing losing your your wife um, and your and your loved one and your partner and your soulmate like that. That's that's you know almost another podcast in terms of how do you you know deal with some of that. Um, and so you've spoken about some of the challenges that have come your way. Do you have when challenges come your way? And I know you're based in Melbourne for our audience. Um, I know that Melbourne's had a number of lockdowns. The world's been obviously in and out of turmoil and we're certainly not out of it yet even though there feels like that there's some light at the end of the tunnel and so do you have a process like do you have a way that you deal with challenges whether they be in your personal life which you've shared um, just then uh, or in your business life or do you have a philosophy do you have a way that you kind of attack when you have challenges come your way that you deal with yeah probably two things I'd say one is one that I do very well and always have and one is that I've been terrible at and I'm just learning to get better but the first one and it's from this my sort of training I guess in Ayurveda and the Vedic wisdom and that is that consciousness is the basis of all of 
all of life. So our problems, you know, are very much usually on the surface of life. You know, they're relative, you know, we've lost a job or we've lost a partner. Or, but the, the Vedic wisdom is that beneath all of that, whether we call it, you know, that intelligence of the universe or that, that non-physical part of us that no one can touch, that we always have access to if we can connect to that, and that's through obviously meditation and yoga and things like that, then it just it grounds us and it gives us that, I, I think of it as a broader worldview that life is about change. Everything changes, but there's one part of us that doesn't change. And if we can connect with that, then it's like, you know, the waves on the ocean. If we're grounded deep in the ocean, then all the waves can go along the surface and they don't grip us so much. So I've always been good at retreating into myself. It's that whole idea of pulling the arrow back and, you know, just that time to yourself and meditation and sort of that clarity comes. And, and the, the other part, which I've been terrible at, particularly as a man, you know, we know, know it very well now in our societies that men tend to sort of keep things in and don't communicate, don't speak to their partners or their family and their loved ones. And I, I was terrible at that. You know, it was a running joke in my family that, um, you know, when I was growing up, that you know, I, I wouldn't tell my parents anything. You know, how was your day? Good, you know. Um, but I guess from the research, very much from a Western perspective, now that we all are aware about over the last decade, is the importance of social connections and, you know, males and females, you know, speaking to people that, you know, have their best interests at heart and just that, that ability to share things and get things off our chest actually helps us cope with those difficulties, even if the person can't solve the problem, you know, they can't fix it, but just that ability to communicate, um, be vulnerable, you know, embrace the fact that we're all human and we're going through these things together is something that I'm gradually getting better at. And I really, when I do do it, I find so much benefit to it, um, but something I haven't been historically great at. So those two together, I think, have been my... Uh, go-tos to get through difficult times yeah that's it's so great that you just spoke about the fact that men need to do more you know there's great groups out there now that are doing that but certainly in my experience of working with men and some of those male clients is there's still a lot of that shame around that and I think you've come from that sporting background it's also been so great not only in AFL but just to see other male sporting role models starting to come out and you know talk about that they need that support. Um, I saw this, um, you know, the fact that Osaka's pulled out of a number of different things saying that she's going to focus on some of her family. I just think it's great that people are finally starting to speak about the fact that they need space to do these things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's And, and sport's such a good one because it is particularly male sports, you know, it's that macho bravado. So if men are coming out, particularly from that background and, you know, saying they do need time for mental health, one of the Great examples I use with when I speak to business groups is the Richmond Football Club, which in 2016, they were at the bottom of the ladder. Their captain was supposedly the worst captain in the league. The coach was just on the edge of getting the sack. Morale was at an all-time low. And they instituted a program um, called Heroes, Highlights and Hardships. And it was on the pre-season of the next year where the coaches would get up and the assistant coaches and the player maybe once a week would just share the heroes in the life, their highlights, but most importantly, the hardships, you know, what was going on behind the scenes that people couldn't see that, you know, their partner was sick or their kids were sick or their, you know, financial trouble or addiction. 
And it just created so much empathy within the group that people realized, you know, what, and it's the same in a business, you know, someone's not pulling their weight or they're not working to a certain performance level rather than just punishing them or, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And they would realize, you know, the reason that they might be turning up late to training or they're not performing is because they've got a, you know, a young child home who's, you know, just been diagnosed with cancer or their, you know, their relationships in really tough situation and, and, the, and the bond that that created with the team, they really, and of course, as you know, they went on to win the premiership that year, three premierships in four years. And you can see it when you see them play, you know, that they're just so connected and it's, and they laugh and they enjoy the process and it's just created such a shift. And I think we're seeing more and more of that in, business circles and families and so it's great it's really great it's such a great example really great and so great I didn't realize that that program was in play and um, um and yeah I can see that um I, I love AFL and so you know I can see that when I watch that but knowing that history behind it there that puts that so much more into context as well and Mark what about your aspirations for the future are there things obviously personally that you want to do around business um tell us a little bit about what's happening and what are you hoping that you want to really focus on over the next couple of years or even five years? Yeah, well, again, it's this funny, this dichotomy of always these two answers always coming into my head. It's like that the paradox they say of nature, always these two to choose. But um, initially there's two books I'm, I'm writing. I wrote, as you said, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Health, which has been um, really successful and a great joy when people read it and um, can make changes in life. So I've got a, a sequel to that. In fact, it's a three book series. So the second book in the series will hopefully be out um, maybe uh, in a year or so. And then I'm just finishing off a book on it's all about transcendence. So it's called um, Don't Just Meditate, Transcend. And it's based on you know, this history of, of the importance of what's called transcendence, which is not just being mindful. Mindfulness is absolutely wonderful. And I know so many people get benefits and I do various mindfulness practices, but there's also this deeper wisdom that we can go beyond just being mindful, as we touched on earlier, transcending and going beyond all levels of mind, body, emotion to experience what we call pure consciousness. And in that um, situation, we then over time develop these higher states of consciousness, what traditionally are called, you know, enlightenment or nirvana, self-realization, which we often think about of these mystical states that are for people that, you know, go off and be recluses in caves and they're not practical for modern people in a Western life, whereas they actually are. And that we put in the book, the science that backs it up that, you know, if we can do these practices regularly, then we too can experience those states um, with time. So they're two books. And then the, the sort of the other thing that comes to mind is having just turned 50, that my, my goal from now on is really to do what nature wants me to do. That sounds weird, I guess, but for, for the first 50 years of my life, I was very in the head, you know, it's the mind, mind over matter, you know, set the goals. This is what I want to do. And this is what success looks like. But I'm learning that sometimes nature has a different path for us. And sometimes we just need to follow the wisdom of the, the body and the gut rather than just what the mind tells us. So um, the second answer is I don't really know what my ambitions are. The ambition is to just sort of do what nature calls me to do and uh, at the time and sort of follow that sort of subtle wisdom rather than 
just you know speak here and write the book here and and that sort of thing so uh yeah it's an interesting uh interesting transition oh that sounds great i loved um you know i remember picking up your book in oliver's i think i remember stopping in oliver's um and grabbing the book in fact i thought it was published by oliver's because the colors and stuff of it and and I just really, really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to your next um, installments of your wisdom and being able to tap into that. Um, what about, do you have leadership philosophies, Mark, that you live by? You know, um, certain people go, yeah, you know, sometimes it's people's values, other times their philosophies. So do you have philosophies that you go, yeah, that really ring true to me and this is how I, you know, choose to live by them? Yeah, I always remember a, a quote and it's paraphrasing, but it was, and they said, um, when you're leading or people respond to um, 20, 25% of what you say, 75% is who you are. And it's sort of a subtle variation on the whole lead by example, you know, that, you know, it's who you are and it's the example you set that really most influences people. So that one's that, that one that really stands out to me that, you know, and, that, and you see it everywhere, whether it is in business or in a family or as a parent or as a, in sport, you know, people that just live by their values. Um, I think that speaks volumes as opposed to though, you know, they might sprout the right words and the flowery language, but, you know, if they're not sort of backing that up with their own sort of actions, I think it falls away fairly quickly. So uh, yeah, that whole example is a big one for me. Yeah, great. Um, it's a nice way to actually do the percentage around that, isn't it? Because one thing is having that philosophy. The other is to say, you know, here's a here's a percentage and then going deeper into that particular philosophy. And, Mark, you look pretty fit. I know that our audience can't see that. Um, you've just told me and shared with the audience and me that you're just turned 50. What are some of the things that you do for your wellness? Um, I know you've spoken about uh, TM or Transcendental Meditation, Um um, tell us about some of your wellness rituals, whether you do them daily or weekly or maybe even annually. What are some of the things that you do and how do you keep yourself well? Yeah, well, I, funnily, I've just did a podcast on what's called the Ayurvedic daily routine, which so in Ayurveda, they have an understanding that we humans are designed to live in tune with nature, you know, and there's a daily rhythm, a daily cycle, a 24-hour clock that we're designed to do different things in tune with that so it's like riding the waves you know we swim with the currents life flows everything's good good energy we sleep well rather than going against those so my daily routine's very much where I can and it's all about being practical and sometimes you travel and sometimes things come up and it goes out the window but um so my start to the day is generally early um so I like to I do things like scraping my tongue they call it tongue scraping I gargle with sesame oil I put some things up my nose and all these sort of things. But then I try and get outside for some um, morning sun gazing. If the sun's out or I'm in a place where I can actually see the sun, I'll um, get some sun gazing or indirect sun exposure, a little bit of yoga. Um, and then I do my, yeah, my TM practice. Um, and there's a sort of advanced practice of that too that I'll um, do in the mornings. Um, exercise varies. Sometimes I'll do it early depending on the structure of the day. And then... Um, yeah, and then sort of there's seasonal cycles that I do too. So uh, I'm just trying to book something in Perth um, next month if I can get in from Victoria, if they'll let me in, which is called Panchakarma. So on the change of seasons or at least once a year, um, there's a practice, which is all about um, massage and, you know, 
heat therapies and enemas and all that sort of fun stuff, but it's about just cleansing the body, a real deep purification and sort of rejuvenation. So, um, yeah, so there's things I do on a daily basis and then sort of seasonal, you know, diets and exercise change with the seasons in Ayurveda. So you don't do the same thing all year round. And then things, yeah, every year or two, you might do a sort of bigger purification or uh, rebalancing. So uh, that's a bit of a taste of some of the health things I do. Oh, that's, that's amazing. You know, Mark, I grew up in an Indian household and my parents are like really Indian, right? They live in Australia. I've lived in Australia till 11. But one of the things I love is like I've got all these Indian, you know, family members, none of who practice Ayurveda. They all know about the benefits of it, but none of them practice it. And here I am speaking to an ex-AFL footballer who practices it daily. And so it's pretty inspiring, really, the fact that you, um, you know, have created those rituals and do that and do you get um you know this is not one of my questions i'd prepare to ask you but i've got to ask you this now is that do you get people like that do you find people are a bit judgy about that and go like what are you doing dude like you know here you are practicing all these ancient um or you're finding that those circles are shifting and more and more people that you're hanging around with are following some of these wellness and ancient practices whether it be ayurveda or not yeah great question well just just before i answer that one you'll love this because uh, when i published my book um, it got picked up by Macmillan in um, Southeast Asia. So it was published in India and Pakistan and Sri Lanka. And so I went to India and I was doing uh, media and it was, a, it was hilarious. And so obviously the Indian journalists would be interviewing me for their magazine or whatever, and they would just be dumbfounded. It was like this white Australian is, you know, in India telling all the Indians about Ayurveda. Um, that is a classic. That's a classic. A lot of people in India had Ayurveda in their blood and, you know, their family tradition, but none of them were doing it. And it was this real juxtaposition, which was hilarious. But um, so 30 years ago, I started really. And that was, the, that was the joke that 30 years ago, I was the biggest weirdo of all time. So I'd be meditating in the toilets at the MCG before a game, you know, 70,000 people, you can imagine all the other players, they're walking around with their rock and roll headphones on and they're kicking footballs into the wall and it's really rah-rah and I'm sneaking off meditating in the toilets. At the end of the season where they'd go on their big boozy end of season trips, I'd be going off to the health retreats or doing meditation weekends and, and I wouldn't tell anyone because, you know, I didn't want to be a weirdo. And whereas now it's like the weirdos are sort of coming coming out and people are endorsing what we've been doing for 30 years. So it's been great. And even speaker bureaus, you know, um, I've been with speaker bureaus for about 20 years and some of them in the last few years have said, Mark, we've got the most phenomenal feedback from the clients. You know, what are you, what are you doing differently? And my answer is absolutely nothing. You know, I've always... I'm one of these rare speakers that have been saying the same thing for 20 years, you know, and you would know, Shivani, in the speaker circles, you've got to change your content and always come up with this new slants on things and be ahead of the pack. And, and I'm sort of like, I just keep doing the same thing. And now the audience is actually almost catching up to what I've been saying in, without sort of sounding arrogant. But it's, um, yeah, I think that the consciousness of the world is now rising where these ancient practices and these ancient wisdoms that have stood the test of time are, are being sort of recognised for, 
for the deeper wisdom. And so, um, yeah, no, it's been really fun over the last few years to, to have that. That's great. I love that story. And I think when you're talking about things that have been so ancient, I think they're always going to be the same, right? They're, um, um, they, they don't shift as the world shifts. It's really going back to what grounds you or earths you or kind of makes you connected to yourself or whatever you believe in. So I think that's really awesome, Mark, that you're speaking about that. And I think it's great that you're sharing that message and have been sharing that message. I think it's more relevant now than anything else um, that we need to go back to some of the, the, the ancient wisdom. And Mark, um, I'm sure that the people that are listening will go, I want to know more about this guy. So how do they find you? How do they connect with you? Um, follow some of the work you're doing, uh, being able to hire you? How do, how do they go about connecting with you? Yeah, my website's probably the best um, central place. So that's markbun, that's B-U-N-N.com.au. And from there, they can get, obviously, social media links. Uh, the book um, is also on Amazon, so Ancient Wisdom for Modern Health. But, yeah, the podcasts, uh, all the speaking, there's a page on all the speaking with various topics for corporate groups or health professionals or whatever it is. So, um, but, yeah, markbun.com.au. Um, is the best place to uh, find out more. And, yeah, happy to talk to anyone and uh, answer any questions. And it's been a great delight uh, chatting with you, Giovanni. Oh, thank you. I'm so delighted. And um, I look really look forward to publishing this episode and see what sort of conversations it starts. Oh, that's always what's fascinating to me about doing a podcast is you never know who's listening and, um, you know, the conversations that it starts. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on here today. Pleasure and uh, wishing all your listeners uh, great health. I'm Shivani Gupta and you've been listening to the Ask Shivani podcast where I got to ask some questions. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow Ask Shivani on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And if you haven't done so, please go to the Apple podcast and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot. Thank you. Thank you.